Welcome to the More Like Podcast with me, Jackie. This is a place for us to uncover our truth and learn from each other's similarities and figure out ways to celebrate what makes us different. Get ready to challenge yourself to see how things in life and the people who are in it are more like than you may think. I'm so happy you're here. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the More Like Podcast. And today I am so excited to share this episode with you guys. Um, I have an interview with my dear friend Taylor and we are talking mental health. Um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month and I couldn't let this month go by without touching on this topic. As a future mental health professional myself, a school psychologist, um, graduate student, and just as like a normal human person, I am incredibly passionate about mental health and what this looks like for myself and the ones I love around me. I at times feel like I'm an investigator of my own mind and soul diving deeper to figure things out. Um, Sometimes it can be a little intense, but I really, really love it. And because I don't know if you know this, like we are complex beings, us humans. It's really fascinating stuff. And I think this is probably why I love all things personal growth and development. Because I do truly believe that the more we learn about ourselves, the better we can show up for others or even better than that, show them compassion when we really don't want to give it to them. Anyway, all this to say, I can't wait for you guys to hear her story, and I kind of wanted to give you like a little roadmap of what to expect from this episode. Um, So she's going to share her personal experience around mental health, anxiety, and panic attacks that have showed up in very intense ways in her life over the past year and a half. Um, Ways to find positivity in the midst of understanding yourself, and then tangible tools to help anchor yourself. If you feel like things are out of control or you're kind of spiraling, we all kind of feel that uncomfortable, kind of weird, icky feeling. Um, She really kind of helps give tools for us to kind of practice. We laughed a lot in this episode and I hope you guys can tell that we have this like really great um, connection. We always, we kind of joke throughout the episode that sometimes we feel like we have to carve out like two or three hours when we know we're going to chat because it's just going to, we can talk about anything and everything. And I hope you guys feel that through this episode. Um, I didn't want this conversation to end, to be quite honest. And after all of this, when you're done listening, we hope that you have an increased value surrounding your own mental health and that of others, because both you and me know that things are not always as they seem. It is important for us to listen to the cues that our minds and bodies tell us because it tends to be a huge piece to our inner workings and what's actually going on. Um, When we do this, we create healthier relationships with ourselves, which is super important, and others as we seek to understand the things that go beyond surface level. So as you can tell, even in this intro, I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. So enjoy. Hi, Taylor. Hello. So nice to see you. I mean, people can't see you, but I'm seeing you. It's nice to see you. Thank you for my beautiful voice. I feel honored <laughs> to be on your podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel super excited and I'm grateful to have you on. And I already gave everybody a little bit of an intro of like what we're going to be talking about. So I did just want to say before we get started, I wanted to say that this podcast interview is not intended to replace or act as therapy. Um, This is just two friends talking about their own experiences surrounding mental health and therapy. And our hope is to open up a conversation to a topic that one, many of you may be interested in, two, like you might consider it taboo or unsure how to even start this conversation, or Three, just like for enjoyment and hopefully a window into a life of someone who's truly benefited from understanding their own perspective and experience through mental health and um, her benefits from therapy. And so this content was curated for just general education purposes and is not meant to take place of individualized medical or mental health care. So do not stop going to therapy if you're going to therapy. Do not start going to therapy because you heard this podcast. This is just kind of a good conversation for us to kind of start normalizing and destigmatizing this topic. Um, So hopefully you leave this conversation um, learning more about yourself 
and use it better to understand people in the world around you. That's kind of the whole goal for this podcast, right? So um, thank you for clicking play and we're super excited and being a part of the More Like community. So with all that being said, um, Taylor, I thought you would be the perfect person to be on this episode, um, not only because you were the first person whenever I started the podcast to say, hey, put me on your podcast. I'm happy to talk about therapy. <laughs> I can always talk. You know that. <laughs> always. But you're obviously one of my closest friends, and I think that you've been someone who's been pretty open in our friend group and our immediate like social circle about therapy and like sharing that experience with others and so today I just wanted to chat a little bit about that if you're feeling open to it yes always of course cool so I think right now I know me and you have been in contact a lot throughout quarantine um and we've kind of talked about our good days and our more struggling days ups and downs and you're still working full-time which is insane to me since you're a teacher it's been rough um both good and bad, I guess, unchartered instead of rough. Yes, unchartered. Um, so before we jump in, how are you doing? Like really, like today, how are you feeling today? Today has been a good day. I got to see um, a lot of my students on Zoom today, so that always is helpful when we get to see their actual faces. Um, and so it's been, you know, I was really, really busy this morning and kind of a slower afternoon. So, you know, as coming, working from home comes in waves. So today's been good. I mean, there have been, it's been tough learning a new teaching method and, you know, really trying to keep the kids engaged, but we're making it, mm-hmm. making it through. Yeah. I feel like for anybody who's a teacher, you know, that engagement is always difficult. It's something that we're constantly trying to tackle every day. And I'm sure via this medium where you guys are actively putting out a lot of content, I feel like of the schools and friends that I have, there are teachers. Like I really do feel like our old school, which background me and Taylor met at the school that she's currently working at my old school. Um, but I feel like y'all are kind of like pioneers. Like y'all are really putting and doing some crazy things for the kids and not only for the kids, but I feel like for the parents as well. So it's really fun to watch. Right. Yeah. And it's been, I mean, we are, have been trying to put as much content out there since we can't be in person. And so I think everyone's benefiting from it as best as possible. So, you know, and with our population of kiddos that we have and, working in preschool, um, you know, having, keeping two and three-year-olds on Zoom <laughs> and entertained <laughs> has been really fun and really challenging. And then throw in special needs and it's a whole party. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, it makes for a fun uh, circle time altogether. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad to hear that today is good. I know before we jumped on, you had mentioned that you feel like you're in a groove, like you're in a groove with your team and you're a group with like what you guys are trying to put out and the days that you're trying to do it. And it's so funny because I just did a little talk of like being in the thick of things and it sounds like you guys are kind of out of that uncomfortable stage, but now you guys are in this kind of like, okay, we're riding the wave, like we're doing it. Yes, it definitely, I think what kind of helped with getting us in the groove is that the call was finally made that we will not be going back this year. So even though that was really disappointing, it was kind of closure and gave us the ability to kind of really hone in and focus on what are we going to do now to continue this online learning. Um, So I think that has really helped improve um, before we were kind of going week to week and kind of unsure with the whole situation happening. So, but yes, now we're... I feel like that's such a natural transition and thank you for that because like, you touched on a really good point. You said we were able to gain closure. We were able to make that call and like, okay, this is now the past. Like we're not going back to school. We can kind of move forward and you were able to have like a mental shift and not only yourself, but as a team and like, okay, well now let's regroup and like, what are we going to do? We've already been doing X, Y, Z. Like how are we going to get back to like ABC type thing? Right. A really great transition. I know we talked obviously our teacher, Um, but I guess before I would love everybody to know just a little bit about you or whatever you feel like sharing, if you're cool with that, just a little bit. Um, so I'm born and raised in Austin, Texas, um, grew up here my whole life. Um, finally, when I went off to college, I knew that I wanted to work with kids, um, 
made my way to the University of North Texas, where I did my undergrad and then my master's there. Um, and so I didn't go in education teaching-wise yet. I went into development and family studies and educational psychology, um, which brought me to teaching still. So <laughs> we made it. Um, but yeah, and then I've been living in Austin now for the last, I want to say almost back from college, almost five years. Yeah. So it's been working at the current school for almost four. Which is so funny because I think that that's a big place where we bonded was like neither of us wanted to be teachers. Like that was not like something we felt called right. to do. And we both found ourselves working in this school that totally changed our perception of what education can look like and yes. what education really is. And um, yeah, I just, I feel like that was a really good bonding place for us because I think both of us are super passionate about education, whether that's teaching or not. Obviously I've taken a different path and I know that you are still teaching, but I do think that it's just a little bit to touch on like everybody's paths to like what they're doing now is, is different. Um, right. Yeah. The whole like meat and potatoes, why we're here is to talk about mental health and therapy. Um, but if I could chat with you about all the other things all the time. Um, but I just kind of wanted to hear from you, like if you could, if you'd be willing to share your experience with mental health and therapy and physical health, that, how they're all intertwined. Yeah, and I think it's something that, you know, doesn't get talked about enough. And I think a lot of people are almost even kind of embarrassed to speak on. And I think you can attest to this. That even when I started therapy, I was like, yep, I'm going to therapy. <laughs> you know, it was so helpful. So kind of a little background on how it all began. Um, speaking health-wise, you know, the up until I started going to therapy, I hadn't been feeling well and I had been feeling super fatigued and, um, almost kind of just not myself. I kept, you know, I would call my mom and say, like, I get these dizzy spells. I just like feel like something's off. So um, I went to the doctor about like three months into not feeling well. And they just did blood test and everything came back from what they said was normal, um, numbers wise of everything, which I have now learned just because it's in a range does not mean it's <laughs> quite good for you. Um, and so, you know, I already wasn't feeling well. And I think kind of leading up to this, I, and I remember one of my good friends telling me, like, I feel like you seem a little more anxious, just like in life and how you're going, doing daily things. And um, I remember being like, oh, no, like, I'm fine. I'm just really busy. Um, but I do think without me really realizing it, that I was kind of gaining this anxiety because I knew I wasn't feeling well and I couldn't find the answer. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. I don't mean to cut you go off. Ahead. But just, I think you've touched on a lot of really great things. Like one, our bodies are incredible things. And like more often than not, our body's trying to tell us something, whether we want to hear it or not. And like, we are actively dealing with mental health every single day. And a lot of that turns up like physical. And so I think that the fact that you even went to the doctor, like, I'm not feeling super great. Like, I'm not feeling right. Like, I remember previously, like, just as your friend, whenever you were in college, you were like, I felt great. You were exercising a bunch. You were eating really well. Like, you were just because that's what you enjoyed doing. And I remember when you were starting to figure out, like, what was going on. You were like, I just don't know. You're like, I'm so tired from work. Like, I'm just not physically feeling well. And it's funny because it's like, that was like the little red flag. Or that was your body trying to be like, Taylor, yeah. you know, I need help. And one, I mean, applause to you for listening to it. And two, like, I think you touched on another thing of like how easy it is to just push it aside. Like your friend was like, hey, Tay, like, I'm not sure. It sounds like you're not feeling great. And you're like, no, nah, I'm fine. Like, I'm just stressed. We chalk it up to stress. We chalk it up to like new routine. We chalk it up to a bunch of these different things when in reality, like our body really is trying to like figure something out and cry for help, I guess. Right, right. And so I, yeah, so I had not been feeling well. And then we had a um, horrible situation happen at work where one of our coworkers, um, I witnessed a really scary health um, situation happen with her. And I think I remember being so worried about her 
um, because at first we didn't know how she was going to be, and then kind of, kind of internalizing that into, oh no, like I haven't been feeling well. What if something that happened to her could happen to me? Mm -hmm. And it kind of started the spiral of events that for the next couple, two months really took over my life. Like I had Mm -hmm. no idea. And not to say that it was because of this coworker. And I'm honestly a little grateful that it has led to this because now Mm -hmm. I am so much better. Um, and you know, found things that were happening to me. Um, so, but this did start panic attacks, which I had never experienced in my life. And I hope that no one ever has to, because they are awful. Um, and I feel like I can laugh about it now because I was like, wow, that was a very dramatic time. I feel like, um, but so it kind of escalated to, at the time, I didn't know that they were panic attacks because I had never experienced it. And so you don't I was know what we don't know, right? Right. And so I was worried about the, our coworker and the first time it was the day after the situation had happened and I was driving and I didn't sleep well the night before because I was so worried. And, um, and then I was driving, I was stuck in traffic and I just started not feeling well. And I think I got myself so kind of psyched out that I was like, oh no, something's wrong. So I pulled over and I called my mom and, you know, it was very dramatic. Like, I think something's happening to me. So I ended up calling 911 and, um, you know, everyone came out and what's funny enough, when I say everyone, I mean an ambulance and a fire truck. They all came. They all came. It helped me. Um, And they couldn't find anything wrong, but my heart rate would just take off and it took a long time to bring it down. Um, And what's funny is that from the very start, one of the uh, paramedics said, you know, it kind of sounds like you had a panic attack. And even in that moment, I was like, no, 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 no way. Like that, that wasn't a panic attack. Like something's wrong with me. Um, And so he was said, you know, well, you might as well go get it checked out. And so I actually had an appointment to go the next day. I ended up staying with my parents that night um, and I called into work and um, just needed, I was like, I just need a me day to kind of see what's going on. Um, That night, so probably not even 12 hours later, I was asleep and it was just so interesting how the body works. I felt, I like woke up from a deep sleep, felt like I couldn't breathe. And same thing again, my heart rate just took off. And I remember walking, I'm like, here I am, a 24-year-old girl was walking to my mom's bedroom saying like, something's wrong, something's wrong. Um, And I couldn't, my heart was racing. And so we called, ambulance and fire truck came again. Um, And they, it took a long time this time, which was interesting to get my heart rate down. um, And they couldn't quite figure out what was going on. So I ended up going to the hospital. Eventually I was okay and mellowed out. Um, Lots more tests were done. And again, they were like, your numbers are in range, but they um, recommended that I just go and see a few specialists, which then at that point I was like, yeah, let's figure out Mm -hmm. what's going on. Uh, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, at this point, when you've experienced these two very visceral reactions to something, at this point, you don't know what the trigger is, right? Outside of everybody at school, I remember, was kind of, like, mourning and grieving from, like, what had happened. You're just trying to, like, process what had happened. Right. Um, so outside of that, like, you weren't really attributing anything being, like, triggering um, to these physical events that you're having. You're like, I'm just not feeling good. I haven't been feeling good for weeks at this point or maybe months at this point. And so I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about your panic attacks, if you feel comfortable with that. Like, it sounds like I was hearing there's heart racing and like shallowness of breath. Were those like your two main, I guess, criteria that met the panic attacks? And it's also, I want to talk about this because anybody who's out there who's ever experienced this, it looks different. Like just because what we've seen on TV is like glamorized is like what panic attacks could potentially be. And this is like a real life person who's experienced real life panic attacks. And for her, it is presenting this way. And for you, it could present a totally different way or like an anxiety attack or something or other. Just know that like there's not a blanket out there of like, these are all the things that you're going to 
kind of meet, like, yes, there's DSM-5 criteria, but I'm just wanting to shed light on, like, everybody's experience with these types of things are different. And they're to be, I think, taken seriously and with caution and grace and kindness to yourself as well, which I think you do great. Sorry. Right. No, that's great. Um, yeah. So my panic attacks were, it was always the heart race thing. And I know we can, you've asked about this in the past, but I could kind of tell, well, at first I didn't, when I didn't know what was happening, but once I kind of realized that I was having panic attacks, I could kind of tell when one was about to start. Um, and it would kind of start with like the racing. It was almost kind of felt like an adrenaline rush. Um, and it would immediately make my heart take off and I would almost kind of, I would get shaky. Um, and it, I remember talking to my mom about it and being like, I cannot control this. Like, I feel like my body is just doing this. And like, how do I get this back under control? It was really like quite crazy. One of like the first nights after going to the hospital, I was like, I can't even like fall asleep. And that was a big deal through all this. I was having such a hard time sleeping that it was really affecting my life day to day, just with trying to function um, because I just wasn't getting the needed sleep. Now I realize how important sleep is because that really just changes, you know, the whole mood. Um, so, but yes, mine was really just kind of more like the physical, like heart racing. I would shake. And then the only way that I could really come down from it was just like deep breathing and really just having to focus on like, you are okay. Mm -hmm. And just breathing through it. But I mean, some episodes would be like 20 minutes and there were some that were two hours of just like focusing in and, you know, trying to control it. So yeah. it was a roller coaster. Yeah. So it just sounds like constantly having to reassure yourself. Right. And yeah. I think so much about mental health is, is like, it's so internal some of it can manifest external similar to what you're saying and experiencing this somatic responses this visceral reaction but but two like you were the one that was having like your mom couldn't come and tell you like it's okay it's okay to calm down you right. had to tell yourself like breathe focus on your breath focus on the things that are around you what can you control that's here like bringing yourself back to the moment it sounds a lot like being mindful too. yeah Yes, definitely. And there were times, I mean, like I would, my poor mother, I would call her when we were a few weeks out of these two situations, I would call her at like two in the morning, like it's happening. <laughs> I'm having a panic attack because she would kind of, she was very great at like keeping me on track of like you, it was, it was nice to hear that like, you are okay. And then with that, I could be like, yes, I am okay. Yeah. Uh, and kind of like breathe through everything. And there was a point through all this that I remember telling my mom, like, I'm so grateful that I had um, all my friends that I did and everyone at work that was so understanding of what was happening at the time. And then especially her, because I was like, I could see how someone starts to feel so alone if you don't have that support. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I can't imagine. I don't know. It, I mean, I just would have kept spiraling, I think. So <laughs> that, like, just having, knowing who I could go to during that time was so important too. I know and we were and I mean I I like physically I remember this like it was yeah it was almost like about a year ago this time like a little bit right or yeah, like, um about a year and a half now. A year and a half now yeah um but I like remember our bosses being so kind and gracious towards you and you were able to be so honest and open with them and yeah. I mean I think that that's a very um unique experience of a workplace to have that type of response and like take the time you need if you're not feeling good go like we, we you can't you can't serve the children well you can't serve the family well if you weren't well and i think that's like a huge thread of our old or my old campus and your current campus but hopefully more conversations like this spark that type of um leadership you know like not just this one i'm mean, sure i don't know who the heck's gonna listen to this thing but <laughs> I just mean like I'm hopeful that the more people talk about it and see the benefit that you experienced from it and that there was no shame or guilt like we can continue that trajectory for other people so they can feel like they can come forward too you know right well and it was really helpful because even through conversations with um our boss I 
was able, I was speaking, I mean, I consider her and I friends and I was speaking with her and she is actually the one that recommended the doctor that I currently go to and who helped me kind of discover what was going on. Um, so I ended up making an appointment with the doctor of her recommendation um, and brought him every test I had had done from all the specialists and was like, okay, laid it all out. And, you know, he came down and started looking at my thyroid and he saw I have the gene for um, the autoimmune disorder, Hashimoto's. Um, and Hashimoto's can call hypothyroidism. So Hashimoto's is when your immune system is attacking your thyroid. And so within that, I wasn't producing enough of the hormone that your, whatever that hormone is that your thyroid produces, mm -hmm. um, which immediately he was like, we can get you on medication for this. Um, and so I got started on that right away. Um, and I'm still, I go back now that so you try medication for eight weeks and then you get your blood test again to see how it's going. Um, so I did that for about to get my right dosage. Um, probably did that for about a year. And now that I'm on a dose that seems to be working, I check in every six months. Yeah. Um, and then he also discussed um, my anxiety with me. It was actually kind of funny. He, you know, gave you a clipboard and you fill out one of those questionnaires that's supposed to rate your anxiety. And I think I checked every box and I was like, Ooh, yeah, I think I have anxiety. <laughs> if the panic attacks weren't enough <laughs> of, a, of an alert for that. Yes. Um, so he chatted with me, um, and said, you know, we can medicate, we can, you can get a therapist and, you know, kind of do talk therapy and medication. So I said, okay, sure. I'll give the medication just a try. Um, I did that for a week and it was horrible. I mean, he had told me like different people will react differently. Um, but the Medicaid, I just, I didn't like the way it made me feel. I felt like it started my heart racing again. You know, everyone reacts differently. So what that might've helped someone else. It didn't, it did not help me. So I decided to get off, um, and then talked about with him finding a therapist. Yeah. And I think too, that's such a great thing again like where you your body was intuitive and you listen to yourself because I think so many times like we take what medical professionals um tell us as like the truth because one we're like insecure to like ask the hard question or something that's going to make us look like what we perceive as like not knowing or weak or unsure but it's like they need the full information and not only do they need the full information, we need the full information to make the best decision for ourselves and for you. Like you tried the medication, you were like, even after one week, you were like, this, I can't, I'm not going to do this. And instead of sticking it out, you were like, you went back to the doctor and were like, what are other options that I have? Because one, I don't want to keep feeling how I was feeling before the medication. Two, I don't want to feel how I feel on the medication that's supposed to help me, you know? So again, hopefully that's encouragement for anybody who's out there, like not to challenge your doctors or not to like, like for lack of a better word, like screw what they say. That's not at all what either of us are saying, but get all the information, be a detective, not only for yourself, but for them too, because if they don't have all the, the information from you, they can't best help you. And if you don't have all the information from them, you can't make the best decision for yourself. And so and I've never told you this, but you should be super proud that you were able to figure all this out because also it wasn't like a one day process. Right. That, right. And yes, this was over like a few months. And so even with telling my doctor, like, I want to get off this medication, he recommended that I go see a psychiatrist um, that could potentially be helpful. One, either recommend another medication or just kind of do another evaluation. So I went through that and we kind of came down to that again, still did not want to do medication. And she was saying, you know, her services are more medication driven. Um, and so she suggested that I find a therapist. Now that task was very daunting because you're like, great. One, you try to find someone that your insurance covers. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, you can look up all the reviews. And so at first I called, everyone crazy. I don't know. This was so simple. Call the back of your insurance card and they will find your area and send you a list of therapists in your area. So I started there. I'm like, 
I didn't ever know that. <laughs> so, no, you know, uh, PSA, word to the wise. Yeah. Look in the back of your insurance. <laughs> Call that 1-800 number. They'll help you. Um, so I did that. Um, but it was really surprising. All the places close to me were either one full or insurance was only like take, like covered a little bit of it. So that was kind of difficult just finding um, someone. It probably took me about a month to track mm -hmm. someone down. So like when we said this was a long process, like it was a long process. Um, like I hear a lot, like you have to be patient and you have to like put in the work. It's hard work. Yes. And so um, I finally actually found my therapist through a recommendation from another friend. My sister had a close friend that was going to therapy and I'm like, please tell me who, if your friend likes her, I probably will too. Um, and so that's how I found her. But I just remember being like very, very nervous the very first time going. Um, I mean, it's daunting to walk up to a stranger. It's easy to talk to your friends and family about what's going on, but essentially you're walking up to a stranger. And I also kind of felt like, almost like you're reliving it again because you have to start from the beginning. And to give the full picture. So I think that caused anxiety. Um, but it was able, <laughs> who would have thought? Um, but it was so helpful. And my therapist has taught me like so many different tools. Um, and I'm still seeing her to this day. So yeah, I, I remember whenever you started going, it was almost like a relief and something that you kind of at the beginning like look forward to. You're like, kind of go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, she just, I like, like to say that like my doctor and my therapist literally have helped me completely turn around my life. I mean, she helped me like grab control. And I think the most important thing is that once I told her everything, she was able to say, this is normal. You are okay. This is nothing crazy. Don't be ashamed. Like, this is okay, stuff happens and you will get through it. So I think just having that reassurance was so nice and kind of felt like a relief, like, okay, like it will be okay, it's gonna take time, but I'll get there. I love that. I love that she kind of wove in, wove in from your first initial meetings telling you like, don't be embarrassed, don't be upset that you're here because honestly, like that is the, Big, this, I, I truly believe I don't go to therapy. I've been contemplating it for the last couple of weeks now since I'm back in school. Like, not only can I give graduate counselors practice, but I think it would be really helpful while I'm in graduate school and just to kind of maybe do through the rest of my life. Because honestly, I truly believe so much in mental health, especially as a future mental health practitioner, like that this is the kindest thing that you could do for yourself right showing up for yourself not for anybody else like you don't go for your mom you don't go for your coworkers. you don't go for your friends you go for you and what's really cool is like at the end of the day it makes you better for all of those people right right which is so fascinating to me so it's like why the heck not do it especially if you can find from that 1-800 number a therapist is covered by your insurance like, yes why not you know and right now we're in such a crazy time that like if you're not putting the work in at home to like find gratitude and you started this whole thing talking about how you were grateful that everything kind of happened the way it did but if we're not spending time with ourselves to journal or reflect or gratitude or talk with your friends like this can be a very triggering time and triggering in a way that we maybe didn't even know you know what I mean like right. we were feeling these certain ways and so I think I would like to ask, do you feel like there are some things that your therapist maybe has suggested that you've actively like put into practice that have helped you? Because like with anything, right, you can get information and if you're not actively trying to implement it and integrate it into your daily life, it's not going to go anywhere. And so like, what are some simple things that maybe you have feel like have been really helpful? Yeah. Um, I think just like simply trying, which maybe didn't seem so easy at first, but her biggest thing right when I was still having really bad anxiety was what are those trigger points trying to pinpoint like what's causing it. Um, and so I would just like keep a note section on my phone. And if I ever felt that little bit of anxious, um, 
I would just write down like what was happening before and you know what I was doing just like a, just to help my memory and when I was going back to her to talk um we also talked about really just how helpful kind of what I had been doing just deep breaths and kind of folk trying to refocus mm-hmm. not to let your mind spiral and not to have that negative self-talk we talked a lot about that um and I mean and that can come in hand in anything I mean that can come in hand in how you look and how you know you act but we really focused in on like the negative self-talk of like you are okay don't let yourself get all freaked out like how you were before or like don't feel the guilt around like um, the meta feelings right like I'm starting to feel anxious gosh you're so this for feeling anxious and like just letting yourself feel the anxiety and then working through it yes yes um and so I mean on it like we talked little like other things she was saying like there were certain ways you could like bring yourself back in um but really finding my trigger points and then focusing on breath is what's got me through and even when there's stressful situations now i really just have i mean i do i try to do like a lot of positive self-talk like you're fine it's okay and i will breathe i'll just breathe and it helps i mean it's so simple but to kind of bring yourself back to that simplicity is really helpful yeah i've been kind of using the language of like anchors like having these things that like we can be anchored to or like these buoys that we can like see out in this metaphorical ocean and know like okay like i have a place i can go that i'm going to feel solid and safe and secure because i'm with you right there on breathing like more often than not someone's like are you okay and i'm like yeah i'm just breathing (laughs) i'm enjoying a moment with myself to breathe um that is super helpful and I'm so, so glad that you're actively putting those things into practice because I don't think you would be here like to, to, if you hadn't. And so I was reading yesterday, like as I was doing research for this conversation from this woman who is a psychotherapist um, and she started going to therapy after like she had this big catastrophe in her life and she said like therapy is a window into yourself you're the only one who shows up and it doesn't affect the therapist if you don't show like it doesn't bother them it's not on them um but you have to be the active participant and basically like i said before like it's the most subtle way that you can tell yourself like you are important and you are worth this hard inner work and like that got me to think like all these things, like these conversations that I hope to have, like they're not always glamorous or fun. Like it is hard and it requires effort and it requires practice and patience with yourself and with the situation. And like, you have to truly believe that you're going to come out of the end of this, regarding if it's therapy or trying something new or a hard conversation with a friend. But like you have to, it first comes from a place of like, do you love yourself enough to do it, to see what's going to happen in the end? Yeah. Well, and that is a great point because I remember when I first started therapy, I said to her, I was like, I feel like I have to try so hard so that I can go back to whatever my normal was before. You know, I was like, these panic attacks, my anxiety is affecting me so much that I feel like it's almost exhausting to, you know, keep up with it. But as like time went on and we put these things into place, like I can now say that it is better and it did get there. And honestly, it got there pretty quickly. Um, I mean, we're talking all this when I first started seeing my therapist was a year and a half ago. So, and we've still been working together even now, um, even though I I go a little less frequently than I did, but um, you know, we set that pace um, Mm -hmm. and it's nice to know, even I still take notes about stuff going on in life and what I want to talk about to her next. Um, But yeah, I mean, I remember, yes, kind of like what you're saying, like it's a lot of work and you have to be willing to do it and you do it for yourself. And I'm just like so glad that I did do it because here we are now. Yeah. And I think it just shows like true growth and like growth that you can like hold on to and be proud of. Like, look where I was and look where I am. And not that we shouldn't use the past as like a crutch, but like almost like a launching pad, I feel, because the past is always going to be there. And how you mentioned something about like, I just want to go back to normal or I want to go back. But 
the fact of the matter is, is like, you're, it's not going to ever be the way it was before you had panic attacks, before you realized that you were struggling with generalized anxiety or specifically pointed anxiety, but those things are not in control of you anymore. I feel like is what I'm hearing. Right. Tell me if I'm wrong at any point, but like those things are like not, I, they don't identify, they're not your identity. They're just a part of you. And you now are like this more evolved person because right. of them. Right. Even and way. Yes. And like, of course, there's still hard days and you know, it, it, it is, it's a roller coaster, but yes, overall, but I have these tools now that I didn't know I could do before. Do you feel like therapy overall has like made you just have a deeper understanding of yourself like even you saying the taking the notes like that's something I want to start doing just like in the moment being like oh this kind of did something I don't know what it did but let me put it down you know I think that's super helpful yeah I I mean I I just think that like I I don't know where I would be if I didn't have gone to therapy she it just literally has changed my world. I think everyone should I t- tell everyone. I'm like, you should go to therapy. It's great. Who doesn't like to talk about themselves, right? So, and I just sit and listen and help you work through it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I've learned a lot about myself and even just in relationships. I mean, you start talking on one topic and just naturally lots of other things come in. I mean, I've had her talk with my relationship on Zach, just like on little nitty gritty things of like, Oh, this was frustrating. You know, we work through that friendships. Um, I mean, it's just been really helpful all around. You know, you, we don't go and just strictly stay to anxiety because it all plays an effect. So I think, yeah. Yeah. I think that's super, super encouraging to hear for everybody who's out there. And I think we kind of touched on a little bit before I had touched on like Yes, you're showing up for yourself, but ultimately it, it ends up benefiting everybody else. Do you feel like that's true in your life? Do you feel like you have more like rooted or true or authentic or successful or whatever it feels like to you in your personal relationships with like coworkers and your boyfriend and yes. like, do you feel like because you're more centered? Yeah, I think it kind of helped me figure out like inner feelings just around different situations and just kind of how to be a better me. I mean, after going to therapy, I was able to be better for my students. Um, I think I was able to be a better girlfriend and maybe even just a friend in general of even just taking the time to listen and really realizing the importance of listening to someone um, and trying to implement that into my friendships being like, yes, let me just hear you out. Um, I, yeah, it's been, it's been really nice. <laughs> no, I, this has been, I mean, I'm having so much fun with this. Yeah. this is, we've talked about it. Like we're yeah. super good friends, but I don't think we've ever sat for 45 minutes just yeah. talking about this. And this is, this is so good. Um, I do have a couple more questions. They're more like, I think other focused, if you'd be interested. In that, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I guess, how do you feel like you stay positive while checking in with yourself? Like, how do you work towards quieting that negative self-talk or that little person? Or if you start feeling um, anxious or upset, like, how do you kind of remain positive? Is it going back to those anchor points like you mentioned? Yeah, I think kind of going back and really the, the main point of all my anxiety was stemming from, you know, I wasn't feeling well. So now that I am, I'm on medication for my thyroid, I'm eating better, I work out at least three days a week, um, that has all helped immensely. So I think when I do have these little moments, yes, it's just going back to those anchor points of being like, you are okay, this is fine, kind of looking at what is triggering it. And I'm usually able to work through like, oh, okay, that's not that big of a deal, or maybe if it's stress induced kind of being like, Oh, I just was feeling stressed. That's fine. You know, we can get through it. So mm-hmm. I think I'm just more aware now because that's a good kind of explanation before it was like, what's happening. Yeah. Um, so, and like my therapist and I've talked about just not doing that negative talk, just kind of stopping it and being like, it's fine. And it's funny, right? Because I feel like so much of the time, at least for me, I definitely resonate with the negative self-talk a lot and it's so funny because we feel so powerless in the situation sometimes but at the end of like 
we have a choice in the matter. We can be like, stop, stop, and change it in that moment. And like, it's so simple as like either doing it internally, going for a walk, exercising, feeding yourself a healthy meal, like all those things that like smelling flowers, looking up funny dog videos, like all those things that can kind of help stop that negative self-talk like dead in their tracks. It's so interesting. But I remember for so many years, I felt like a captive to it. You know, like this is just like how it is. This is what's going on inside. And like, I can't figure it out, you know? Um, right. Super affirming to hear. Um, do you have any tips for people like who may be just starting to question their own mental health, whether again, like if they're feeling it in a more obvious traditional way or not, but like right. I said before, we're all dealing with mental health each and every single day. Um, but do you have any like suggestions or things that have really helped, whether it's like surrounding yourself with good people, like that type of, of tip and suggestion? Yeah. I think one, just like not being afraid of even going. I mean, like, I just feel like there's still such a stigma around mental health and going to therapy. And like I said, I will shout out from the rooftops. Like, I think regardless of what you're going through, it's beneficial to anyone. Um, But I think also just like believing in yourself to make that leap. Um, I mean, it's scary. I was scared. I put it, even when I had found it and you got an appointment, I mean, I, there were still times I'm sure I would come to your classroom after school and be like, I might cancel my therapy appointment because I would get anxious about going and talking about it. So I think just like kind of making a deal with yourself of like, let's tackle this and like, it's going to be okay. I love that. I think those are super real and super, super important. And hopefully people that hear that like just know that again, like it, it, I feel like the whole theme of this episode is like, it comes to you, like, you know, what you don't, um, what you don't change you're choosing. And so like, if you want to change, you have to put in the work. So I love that. Um, I guess the last thing I have is like, I really appreciate you sharing so much of your life with us, especially that this is so fresh. And like you mentioned, like you had to retell the whole story all over again. Um, and hopefully it touches one person, you know, and helps one person to even just start asking themselves these questions. Um, and it's such an individualized, unique experience. And like now you and your story along with me are a narrative or a part of the new narrative to help destigmatize what therapy and mental health looks like for people, especially now that we're coming into our upper twenties, you know, and, um, I don't know. I just am so proud. And like, you're such a warrior and you're so strong. And I just wanted to offer you that encouragement. And then I guess, is there anything else that like I didn't ask or that you would like to share before we get into our rapid fire questions? Um, no, well, you know, I could talk for hours. So, (laughs) um, no, I mean, I feel like we touched on everything. Um, and I, yeah. So everybody out there, um, Taylor is obviously, like I said, one of my dearest friends. Hopefully you could hear that in this conversation and you feel like you were sitting right here with us in, his, in the Zoom in the Zoom grid. Um, <laughs> but just just know that she has been such a light for me and that of everybody around her. Everybody knows Taylor by her beautiful voice and her infectious smile, but Hopefully her words offer encouragement to believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing. And ultimately just knowing that you matter and the way you feel matters and how we are internally and what we're feeling internally really does affect us externally and not only us, but the way we experience the world around us and our relationships. So hopefully you take this conversation and it gives you something to think about. Um, but yeah, do you want to do some rapid fire now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. Favorite thing to order at a restaurant? Um, I love me some Tex-Mex. So chicken fajitas by far. Throw a margarita in there too. <laughs> okay. So talking or texting? Um, actually FaceTiming. This whole quarantine, I am all about FaceTime now. I FaceTime everyone. It's great. Oh, I'm I- like... <laughs> 
I feel like I have to carve out. I know we always joke about this. I have to carve out like three hours if I feel like you're calling. Yeah. Just, we're just like saying, oh, like, oh my God, we aren't doing what we need to be doing. <laughs> yes, we will play telephone because I know I'll be like, shoot, if I answer this, Jackie and I are going to talk for two hours and I don't have two hours right now. <laughs> you know, I love, it's one of my favorite things about our friendship. Um, okay, favorite day of the week. Um, this is a hard one. I think I'm between Wednesdays because it's like hump day, you're almost there, or Friday because you've made it. <laughs> Stuck in the middle. Love it. Um, okay, something ordinary that makes you incredibly happy. Um, I think maybe just like going for walks with my dog, which might stress me out sometimes because she doesn't <laughs> listen all the time. But um, yeah, I mean, it's good to get, especially right now, I'm like, please get me out of the house. <laughs> I've always done a daily walk, so. Um, and then one thing that you're grateful for right now. Um, I think just kind of going back to what I've said before, I think I'm grateful for all my friends and family and the ability to FaceTime everyone when I want because it makes me still feel connected. You know, it's hard to find connection when we're, in quarantine. So I think just being able to reach everyone when I want is very nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been so much fun. I feel like I've learned so much more about you and you sharing your heart with me and with us, whoever's listening out in the pod people. Yes. Um, but thank you so much. This was so fun. You'll have to come on again and we'll chat about, I don't yeah. know. Well, do I get to be famous yet? Does it have to be? <laughs> The whole two people that listen, Taylor. <laughs> Remember me in three years, okay? <laughs> Thanks. Love you. Bye. What a great conversation with Taylor. I hope you guys found her as charming and authentic as I do. I'm sitting here recording this little takeaway, and I'm sitting in so much gratitude just that our um, our lives crossed paths and we met. And I frequently feel that way for a lot of people I meet. And I am just so thankful for her message and her friendship, to be quite honest. And so the big takeaway that if you only listen to this last five minutes of the podcast, I want you to take from this episode is it's important to remember that therapy and anxiety and panic attacks are not this weird concept that is only for people with quote unquote problems. And as you heard in this episode, it's super therapy can be a super important tool that can leave you feeling with a new sense of direction and empowerment. And at the end of the day, whether you're in therapy or not, this is just a gentle reminder for you to show up for yourself because you matter. Remember that showing up for yourself is one of the smallest acts of kindness that you can gift yourself. And you, my sweet friends, are so deserving of all life has to offer. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. You're worthy of it all. And just like with anything we do, when we put the hard work in by actively practicing it and then integrating it into our lives, it's most likely going to make us better on the other side of whatever life has to throw our way. Not only for ourselves, but for everybody around us too. So I hope you guys take this message and take it to heart, ponder on it, reflect on it. I'd love to hear what you guys have to think about this episode and if you want more of this type of content. Um, but I can't wait to hear from you guys. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Like Podcast. Don't forget to tune in every other Monday to chat about all the things we deal with on the daily. So you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you enjoy what you heard, give the show a rating or share it with a friend. This will help more people find the show and is greatly appreciated. Until next time, remember, we are more alike than you may think. I can't wait to talk with you again. Bye!